The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you're joining us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And today, a very important conversation, not just for cancer patients and those on a cancer journey, but for their caregivers. Yeah, we call them the the forgotten ones in many cases. So we're asking the question, who cares for the caregivers? Yeah, who, yeah, who, who cares? And more importantly, who's caring for the caregivers? Yeah. That being said, we we're, we're really going down the path of arguably the mo- probably one of the most important components that are necessary to function on a high level of an individual who has a cancer journey that they must embark upon. Uh, cancer, uh, the treatment process, the clinical process, doing the things that one needs to do, uh, a positive mental image, uh, emotional stability, all of those things are essential, but I would suggest the missing component and X factor, if not in play as it should be and not properly supported, is caring for those who care for the cancer patient. Caregivers need love and support. They need to care for themselves at the same time they're caring for their friends or loved ones. They need all of the above, but they need to be understood on how to react and respond. And in some cases, that may not be obvious or overt. We've got to be very uh, conscious of the caregiver. And in some cases, we may have to dig and probe around a little bit to figure out where the caregivers are located and what state of mind mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually they may be in and not ignore that. When you think of this topic, is there a verse of scripture that comes to mind? Our spiritual nugget is found in Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10, that tells us, let us not become weary in doing well, or the King James says, well-doing. For at the proper time, praise God, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And I believe this scripture really helps to give us a platform to springboard from to have the discussion about who cares for caregivers. I suspect that we have many people listening who have been in the position of being a caregiver. And you know what a tough job it is. I mean, you do, you're doing it out of compassion and love. You're doing it out of compassion and love, but you are being forced into action because there is no prerequisite, there is no class, and there is no preparation for being a caregiver. It is just thrust upon an individual. And when that happens, number one, by and large, those individuals are caught off guard. Caregivers have to work through the same uh, effect of shock, if you will, of being told that their loved one has has cancer. So they've got to work through the initial. Sure. uh, There's grief involved. they've, They've got to work through that. And there's a shock factor. There's a traumatization just as it is with with a cancer patient. But now, for example, many men, we, we I used to be part of a men's support group at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Midwestern Regional Medical Center in Zion, Illinois, where we simply created time for the husbands to come and talk among themselves at breakfast, coffee, and donuts. Oh, good idea. While their wives were doing treatment. Yeah. And it would be amazing the things that men would talk about when their wives weren't with them. Their fears, their insecurities, 
I don't know where the the rinse cycle is on the washing machine <laughs> because they're now in many yeah. cases doing things sure. that traditionally they haven't done before. I don't know how to balance a checkbook. Hmm. I go to work every day and I bring my money home and I give it to my wife. She hmm. handles the finances. And that may sound very minor until you're thrust, yeah. which is the point and that we're making. you've got a dozen things like that to think about and all that, at once. Yeah, and then now you have to manage things that you've never managed before. You haven't had a drill. And now you're thrust into this scenario of having to do things that you just simply haven't done while undergoing the mental, emotional, uh, spiritual dynamics of dealing with the issue of cancer itself. So it really is an interesting thing that we must be sensitive and cognizant to the fact that there really is no preparation for a caregiver to be prepared to do this. Well, we are going to continue talking about this theme today, Who Cares About Caregivers? And I trust that you are subscribing to this podcast so that you are not only hearing today's program, but will receive notification of upcoming programs as well. You can do that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And also at the website, as we do each week we're together, we offer a free resource. And of course, we're offering this one called Caring for Caregivers today. Our freebie today. Day. We love giving away free things, Wayne. Again, I feel like the Oprah Winfrey of podcasts. <laughs> everyone, get resource. everyone get a resource. gets a resource. That's right. <laughs> Caring for caregivers. And this resource was designed specifically to speak to the topic and the subject at hand. Just some of the things quickly that uh, we have outlined in bullet points of understanding about regular visits understanding prayer for and with a caregiver. How about praying with and for the caregiver? Mm-hmm. So think, you know, so we have certain things that are outlined with regard to that uh, helping out with some of the practical needs of caregivers, chores and etc. Again, going back to the point of now I'm washing clothes and I don't know where the rent cycle is. I had a I had a man actually break down in my arms and say, "I don't know if I can handle doing all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing here." Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an admission of weakness as much as This is just something new to my routine. I know how to start up a tractor. I know how to go thatch some hay or some grass, but I don't know where the rent cycle is. And he was very serious about that. So, again, he's thrust. And in many cases, the the caregivers are thrust into, you know, preparing meals, for example, remembering special occasions. So this this uh, freebie is a. Packed with things that can be very practical for individuals to begin to help supporting the caregiver through as they now have switched in many cases their roles and their responsibilities. You don't have to wait for us to send this to you. You can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Caring for caregivers. Again, the website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll continue talking about caring for caregivers in a moment, but if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. That website is a catch-all for all you need to know about what we're offering today, the free resource, information about CTCA, and, of course, subscribe to the podcast, all at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And, Wayne, let's not forget, also, we are soliciting your reviews of the show. So please leave your comments of your thoughts about how the show was impactful for others to read to give them a sense of what they can anticipate and look forward to as well. 
As we talk about caring for caregivers, uh, is there a sense in which caregivers may rush in and try to do too much at once? I mean, how do you how do you know how much to do for your friend or loved one? Well, it's all of it is predicated off of, of relationship. Relationship has become, in my opinion, the buzz term of of this current century. Of because relationship is about understanding the the nuances and the moving pieces of an individual that's in front of you. So in order to react and to respond to them appropriately and accordingly, there has to be some element of relationship, some insight and some understanding to the psyche, to the wiring. We are all complex individuals who are wired very differently. You cannot effectively react to an individual who is complex, who has their own unique dynamics, unless you know them and understand them to a certain extent. So to your point and to your question, this is about people who have relationship, who understand the individual that's sitting in front of them. You can't just rush in and try to engage someone and, that you don't know and, and understand. Take, take over their life. You can't do it. And, and, there, and see, so this is a dynamic of some personality types. I'm one of them. I'm not going to allow an individual to just rush into my world and tell me what I should and should not do, what I need to do and when I need to do it. I'm going to react unfavorably, if I can say to that, because my personality is one that I drive the bus, I'm in charge and I'm in control. The point to be made is there is a way to react and respond to a personality type like that. And that's predicated off relationship, off of rapport and again, understanding the finer dynamics of who that individual yeah. is. Well, your advice is well taken, not just for the person who's going through the cancer journey, but for the caregiver. We're talking about caring for the caregiver. Correct. This this extends your your life uh, of caregiving, so to speak, you know, if you're doing it the right way. That, that's absolutely correct. And I want to be very specific now with regard to the focus of the caregiver, because caregivers, again, have their unique dynamics to them. They're, you know, they're, they may be very, they may be wired very differently from a personality perspective than the person that actually has cancer. What may work in terms of interaction for the patient may not be effective for the caregiver. Yeah. So again, this is not a cookie cutter process. And this is one of the numbers one reasons why uh, it is difficult to really embark upon engaging individuals in this space because part of it at the end of the day, Wayne, is understanding the person who sits in front of you. Mm -hmm. The gift and the anointing of Jesus Christ, in my opinion, that transcended everything that he did was he created the opportunity to get to know the people who sat before him. And he responded to them according to that. So getting to know who those individuals are, having a relationship, and then having some respect to the dynamics of that individual becomes crucial for effective support to those individuals in those proper contexts. I went through a season in my life where I was a caregiver for about a year and a half, but I didn't do it alone. There was a, a team of a couple of other men. We, we rallied around a friend of ours, and it was great to do that as a team, to kind of tag team each other and, and anticipate what each other needed. I can recall supporting a particular cancer patient. He was a guy. And sharing with me, and I believe if my memory serves me correctly, he was a fireman. He worked, he, he was a first responder. And so all, and you know, and that's a really close-knit community. Yeah. They, 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 because they work, they work around the idea of teamwork. We, we, we help protect each other. We save each other's lives. We have each other's backs. And so his crew basically by committee supported him and took turns and did different things and began to really work as a, 
almost as a unit with what do we do, when do we do it, what day do we do it, and we're going to switch off. So there is something to be said about really collectively joining with a group of others of like-minded people who are there and committed for the caregiver in a way that is not intrusive, right? but also has some insight and understanding to the unique personality of the person. It prevents there. burnout on and the it, part of the caregiver, doesn't it, to well, tag team? Burnout essentially is, is probably the biggest culprit of the cancer conversation in general across the board. Physicians get burned out. uh, Supportive people get burned out. Cancer patients get burned out. Caregivers get burned out. So the objective here is to offset the mental, emotional, and physical grind, let me say it that way, and the wear and tear of daily interacting with all of the moving pieces connected to the dynamic of cancer. But even as we talk about that, I'm thinking about the person who's all alone as a caregiver. Well, There is no one else available to tag team with. It's all on their shoulders. And that becomes really a, a very compromised situation for that individual. The first thing that I would say that, you know, short of some very extreme circumstances, and I certainly have seen them, where people have don't have many friends and they're, they're disconnected from their family, uh, I think it becomes imperative uh, on the social community that knows and, su- and surrounds that, that family, the patient, and then the caregiver to sit down and say, listen, we are going to at least make the attempt to provide support to this individual. If we love them, almost like an intervention, almost to that degree that we are going to engage the scenario. We're going to see if we can spark a dynamic of engagement and then allow the patient and or the caregiver to give us some parameters and some lines of demarcation. But in many cases, the point that I want to make is, in some cases, we can't wait for a caregiver to make that move Mm -hmm. or ask for help Mm -hmm. or to reach out to someone. In many cases, we're going to have to be the one to say, would you like to dance, please, if I can use that expression, reach out to them yeah. first. Well, so often our focus, and rightfully so, is on the patient, but today our focus is on the caregiver and asking the question, who cares for the caregiver? Yes. Well, again, because they get lost in the shuffle, the focus, as you said, becomes on the immediate need at hand. The patient, uh, everyone's responding and reacting to that. So I don't think that it's a conscious or malicious intent, but the caregiver just simply falls through the cracks. And and. And we want to safeguard against the negative affect of what happens when that takes place. For example, a husband's becoming extremely disillusioned around the idea of, I simply do not have the wherewithal to do this and walk away from a relationship. Mm. I'm thinking of a particular patient many, many, many years ago who uh, had her two children with her while she was receiving treatment. And she decided because things were not looking that optimistic that she was going to take her children to Disneyland and exp- and, and enjoy some time with them uh, while she while she thought she had the moment. And she came back and had a registered letter waiting for her saying oh. that, you know, I'm not going to be here. I can't handle this. Mm. Now, let me stop, stop, drop and roll for those that will take the position as sometimes the evangelical Christian f- community will do. Well, that guy must have been a bum. He didn't really love her. He didn't really care for her. I don't know that. And I can't speak to that, but this is what I can say. Potentially, if that individual had some support in his life to help him work through his mental, emotional challenges of being a caregiver, potentially he may not have felt, to your point, alone, overwhelmed, and then he felt like he had to walk away. A caregiving coach. Absolutely. And I can share the same type of example, conversely, where... uh, 
somewhat of a middle-aged man was in my office and spoke to me one day. And his wife, who was relatively younger than him, he had prostate cancer and had surgery and was experiencing some some pretty interesting side effects that really compromised his relationship with his wife on an intimate level. And his wife basically left him and said, I didn't sign up for this. I'm a young woman. Mm. Again, we can judge her or we can be challenged around the fact Would it be a different reaction by the caregiver in this particular example if she had someone that she could talk to, speak through how she was feeling and express some of those dynamics that could coach and help her through the process? So the point to be made is there's a lot to be lost by leaving caregivers alone on an island by themselves. Mm -hmm. Families can be destroyed and compromised. Their health is compromised. They don't take care of themselves. They don't rest in some cases. They don't eat properly. There's a lot at stake here with regard to not just the cancer patient, but also the potential fallout of that person's life. The risks are very high. There's no question about it. That's why we want you to get this resource we're offering to you free of charge from our website. You can download it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Caring for Caregivers. Once again, health, hope, and inspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, today we're talking about who cares for the caregivers. And one other question I have is that sometimes we hear about, uh, well, maybe teenagers, uh, perhaps younger, becoming caregivers. Is that a good or a bad idea? Well, in some cases, of course, we live in the current landscape of our culture that, you know, what is a traditional family any longer? You know, we have, uh, you know, blended families. We have families that are without fathers or without mothers. Uh, In some cases, children Uh, have taken on other responsibilities and roles in family lives that used to be occupied by traditional roles that no longer exist. So is it possible that uh, children and family scenarios become asked to be responsible in ways that you would not dare think that a child or a teenager would be asked to do? Would that possibly happen? Absolutely, Wayne. And so with that, we need to be mindful of children whose uh, mom or dad has cancer and make sure that we are also reaching out and supporting that young person, even in general, because they're working through in some cases, depending on their uh, stage of growth and development, you know, if they're preteen or they're pupescent or, you know, et cetera. So they're going through their own set of dynamics that just under normal circumstances for anyone who's ever raised a child I mean think about your teenage you know years of your child so throw and add to the mix the idea or the dynamic that their mom or their dad has cancer and that somehow they're part of of caring for that individual it can become a major challenge 
And so we have to be mindful of that. I think that we should reach out. Uh, we certainly have a resource uh, on our website that also addresses supporting children whose parents have cancer mm-hmm. as well of some things that may be helpful that we can suggest and look at how do we begin to approach that dialogue and discussion. What are some other ways? We talked about burnout earlier. What are some other things that caregivers can do to protect themselves? Well, one of the things that I think that we uh, we can slide here at this point is dealing with the issue of personal guilt. A lot of caregivers, because again, I think it's it's in general the, based upon the makeup of certain individuals, and we all have a certain makeup, individuals who feel overly uh, responsible, you know, that this is my world, my environment, and nothing bad should happen on my watch. There are individuals and caregivers who at times feel personally guilty about their loved one having mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. And then that gets translated into, well, I'm going to overcompensate in supporting my loved one. So I never leave their bedside. Uh, I never take any time off. I never attend to my own personal issues or needs for a minute because of this guilt factor that, well, it might be my fault that they have cancer. If I leave for five minutes, something is going to happen on my watch and I can't have that. So there's a lot of dynamics around guilt that we have to help people try to manage and counterbalance so that they ultimately do not get into a place of mental, emotional, and potentially physical, again, burnout, where they're just ground down to a pulp and they're really of no good at that point as a caregiver, they're, uh, you know, they're a helicopter caregiver. Every second, every moment they're standing over the patient. Well, you have to eat this or you got to do. And sometimes that can frustrate the process. And I've actually seen and have had patients who would speak to me very differently when their uh, caregiver was not in their presence because they were just looming over everything that they did. And they just needed a moment to breathe and not feel suffocated. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving pieces there around guilt and the affect of how individuals react because of their sense of personal guilt over that loved one. And caregivers uh, very often sacrifice so much. I mean, you have to give up your personal preferences uh, in light of what your friend needs. There is no question that there is going to be required of you a sacrifice of some sort of your time, of your own personal uh, vision and goal in life. Again, we we had an interview recently where uh, it was a husband and wife who both had experienced cancer, and the wife went through an issue of, I'm upsetting the apple cart because we were planning on you know, retiring. So, so she was working through her own sense of guilt of just being a cancer patient. So conversely, the same thing is true with caregivers of what they've got to sacrifice and what they have to give up. And they struggle with that in some cases. And in some cases, they may even feel like that that's not fair mm-hmm. to them. They have a life. This is not what I signed up for. And again, they need to be able to find a safe space that they can share and articulate that with someone who won't judge them, who won't condemn them, but give them the ability to decompress some of those emotions and feelings because it's a lot to manage at that particular time. When you become a caregiver, you're accepting a responsibility to be consistent, too. I mean, you can't you got to count the cost going in, don't you? You can't just back out after a few weeks or months and say this is too hard. My mother told me this once upon a time as a young kid. I had the duties and responsibilities of the home as the oldest of four children. And there were several things that I was required to do every day after school. And initially, I did that once or twice. And I said, well, I did that yesterday. She said, doing something one time is not being consistent. School of thought. Doing something occasionally or every once in a while or when it's convenient 
What, what cancer patients certainly and caregivers certainly need in their lives is consistency because their life has been disrupted and upended in a way that they feel troubled and they feel unsecure. They feel like the, 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 the ground underneath them is, is moving. And, and in many cases, they feel like that's not fair. We as supporters of cancer patients and caregivers have the obligation, I believe, to be, a, be a consistent friend family member, whatever it is that we say we're going to do and that we are doing, we need to be consistent because they will look forward to it. I'll give you a perfect example. Okay, It's very benign and it's very obscure, but it was very profound to me. Uh, back in the day when I was wearing shirts and ties to work every day, I, I tend to wear some pretty flamboyant ties with a lot of color <laughs> in it and a lot of splash. And that just kind of speaks to my very dull personality. I'm shocked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I had a patient, I had two scenarios similar to this. I had a patient that said to me every time they would come to the hospital, they said, I wait for you to come to my room to see what color tie you're going to have on because your ties would give me energy. Nice. And I never thought of that. That was just kind of my personal fashion sense, good or bad. That's just (laughs) what I did. But But for that individual, that became a constant that they looked forward to. Conversely, I had a lady who told me one time, that I had, I forget the particular color of a suit that I was wearing. And she, and we got to know each other over a long period of time. She said, Reverend McCray, can I be honest with you? I don't like you when you wear the color, whatever, purple or whatever it is. And it threw me. I didn't know what to think of that. But what she was saying to me is what you do, that impacts me and that has impact upon me. It gives us a reason to have pause what we do, being consistent in doing that in the lives of caregivers and cancer patients does make a difference. We've asked the question today, who cares about caregivers? And what a great conversation. Very helpful information here from you, Percy. Thank you so much. You read from Galatians earlier. Can we conclude with that thought? It's been my pleasure. With that, Galatians 6, our spiritual nugget as we close strong here is, let us not, hallelujah, let us not become weary in doing good or well-doing, as the King James translation says, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Today, do not give up in doing good and supporting those who are supporting those with cancer. You will be rewarded in due season and you are being a blessing if you realize it or not. Continue to be consistent. A perfect follow-up to our conversation today is the download of Caring for Caregivers available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Once again, it's free. You can download it, read it, print it out, share other copies, share the link with other people. Caring for Caregivers at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And make sure that you've subscribed to our podcast each week at the same website, Health Hope and Inspiration. And leave us a review. We want to hear. Right, right. And leave that review at iTunes for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, God bless you. Thanks for all you're doing. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bless you, my friend. Peace and love. Until the next time, keep chopping the wood. This has been Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncologist information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.